Boyd and Brooks podcast. I'm Laura Blavier Boyd. I'm Genevieve Nadler Brooks, and we are your hosts. On the Boyd and Brooks podcast, we want to bring you meaningful and fun spiritual conversations. In these conversations, we seek to explore vocational callings, authentic living, life mottos, and how faith and spirituality play an integral role in our lives. We hope that you will listen, enjoy, and share the podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to the Boyd and Brooks podcast on iTunes. It makes this podcast really easy to find in whatever platform you use to manage your podcasts. It also helps our podcast to be easier to find for other people. You can find us on social media. Our favorite is Instagram at Boyd and Brooks, as well as our blog, boydandbrooks.com. Here we go. Hey, welcome back. We are talking today about how we can learn spiritual lessons from things that happen in life. Absolutely. So, Laura, I know this is hard, (laughs) but we want to talk about um, some things that pets teach us. And so I want you to tell us the story of Sadie. Okay. First, I want to say that when I had my private practice, I wrote my very first blog article, which was about how dogs were really good for people's mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just about the time I was thinking about getting a dog or I had just gotten it. I think I had just gotten a dog, gotten Sadie. And um, so Sadie was our very first family dog. I'd never had a dog before in my life. I would have said I was a cat person. And we, we loved Sadie and, um, three months after we got her, we found out she had cancer and we had just finished going through this really long drawn out medical drama with our, with one of, with one of our cats. And so we were like, we just are not, we're just not in a place to like do all this really like crazy surgeries and treatments and da da da. Um, Vets were like, you know, this is probably the end. And so we were like, okay, well, we're going to run it just keep her comfortable. And then we'll, we'll see what we need, what our next steps are. Well, four years later, you know, Sadie was still with us. And um, then just suddenly she got really sick and it was very clear that we had to let her go. Um, not even cancer related, but, and that was so sad because when she was gone, what we realized is how she was like the fourth person in our family and how much everything we did revolved around her, you know, like how long were we going to be gone from the house? Well, do we need to make sure that she was, had a walk with somebody or, you know, could we take her with us somewhere for the weekend or if, you know, all kind of things like that. And so the house was just so quiet and empty, but also how she, Brought, the, brought us together as a family because we had started this evening ritual of walking together as a family in our neighborhood with her. And I mean, after she died, we, we went on the walks anyway, almost kind of like in remembrance of her. And um, so it was, it was both very sad, but also doing those things to remind us of her were, were really good. But I remember in our, in our deep sadness and grief, I remember saying to my husband and to my daughter, I was like, you know, just remember, like, it's okay that this is uncomfortable right now and that it only hurts so much because we loved Sadie so much. Oh, that's so good. And I really wanted to teach my daughter that lesson because I think that so many times we want to rush through our uncomfortable feelings and I didn't want us to do that. I wanted to just 
everyone to acknowledge like that this really sucks yeah. <laughs> and we're really sad and yeah. this is this is okay. Um, so we were like, okay, we we knew right away like at some point we're we gonna we're gonna get another dog. Like we just we just miss having that quote unquote fourth person in our family. Uh-huh. So I. It, it didn't. It didn't take very long for us to to figure out we were gonna. We we needed to go ahead and move on that. Yeah. Um. And so we we went out to this great dog rescue, and we we spent so much time there with so many dogs, figuring out which one would be right for us. And um, we 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 find this dog. His name is Prince because Prince was so good at this rescue. He was good with people and good with other dogs. And they're like, oh, he's just such a good dog. He's a prince. I was like, great. Um, also, his name is not going to remain Prince. <laughs> so we we name we name him Luke, and we're like, oh, we just got the sweetest dog, and um, so we bring him home, and like immediately start having problems, and we we feed him this food because they don't tell us what kind of food he's been on, and so turns out he really can't have grains, and so we know this because. Let's just say he was admitting some odors that were very unpleasant. Oh, no. And then um, also we were like, okay, you know, we've never created – we didn't have to create our other dog. So I don't know anything about, like, the creating process. Um, but we, we we borrow one from a friend. We're like, oh, this is too small. We borrow one from another friend. We're like, ugh, this, this isn't working. And how we know this is because uh, Prince, who becomes Luke, uh, rips up all of our carpet. <laughs> Oh, no. So we had locked him in the bedroom one day. Not locked him, but had him in the bedroom while we left the house for a short period of time, which was fine one time. The second time, it wasn't fine. And he let us know that by just saying, you know, it's very, very unhappy with you right now that you've left me during this critical time of transition. Let me rip up your carpet in your bedroom. So anyway, he ripped up some carpet a second time. You know, and we end up doing what we didn't want to do, which is like go out and buy a really expensive crate. Right. Um, but we have to get a, a different type of crate. And so we had ended up, we create him. Okay. But he was still having these gastric problems. Uh-huh. So Genevieve, as you know, being the good friend that you are, uh, during a lunch break one day, we came home to check on Luke, take him out, came home. There's a very unpleasant smell and a lot of, a lot of dog poop in the crate. Yeah. And Everywhere on the dog, yeah, uh, on some hardwoods. I, I horrified, horrified. Yeah. So we 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 get a plan. We wash the dog. You take him for a walk. I'm washing the crate. We 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 figure it all out. But not in any way, shape, or form how I thought this was going to go. Right. Right. Okay. Also, like in the beginning, Luke gave me the impression like I'm just so good and I'm so happy to be here. But, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know how this was going to go. Right. I thought right. it was going to be. So anyway, you know, so now we're one weekend. We're right. one weekend with Luke. And yeah. Luke, we've, we've figured out the, the stomach food issues. That's all going well. We are, we're working on, cre- we're crate okay. Still some separation anxiety. So. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's happening with Luke. So, Okay. So we were talking about this earlier yes. about the spiritual lessons that we can learn from our pets. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about what it was like to care for Sadie, your previous dog, mm. 
knowing that, that she did have cancer, knowing, because I, I loved what you said of like, you loved, it hurt so much when she finally passed away. I didn't want to love her. Yeah. Tell us I, I mean, immediately when they told us she was sick, I, I felt like I threw up a little, I was trying to throw up this wall mm-hmm. and also she had some behavior issues. And so I would get really frustrated with that. But I remember there would be times when she could be so sweet and my husband would just be like, she's such a good dog. You just, you just love her. Don't you just love her? And then I'd be like, I never was would really say like I really love her and actually I feel like one of my regrets is like I she I I didn't realize how much I loved her until she died and you know I I bet there's a lot of people like that yeah also like how many people are we are in our lives maybe it's a family member and there's your there's a lot of tension or the relationship isn't good and um, you're still bound by that relationship, yeah. that familiar relationship, and then that person dies, and it's, you know, then you're like, oh crap, you know, I I thought I was thought I was doing great, thought I was over this person or whatever, and then you yeah. realize that just isn't the case. You just cannot protect your heart like that, right? right. And um, or maybe you can, and I'm just not good at that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think the thing that I'm, I think is fascinating is like, I didn't want to, it was like a conscious thought, like, I don't want to do this, but it's like, I loved anyway. Yeah. I mean, was, you know, and, um, I mean, that's the same thing. It's like, I don't want to be cleaning up dog poop. Right. Right. No. Right. I want nothing to do with that. Right. You were supposed to be a sweet dog. Right. (laughs) You were supposed to be a sweet dog who was crate trained. Right. And it's always not, nothing goes the way that you think it's going to go. I mean, that's basically what I've learned. Yeah. And which is also like the story of my life. I mean, (laughs) nothing has gone how I personally thought it would be. Yeah. Um, Which just seems, again, like something that God just keeps teaching me. Just Mm. like, "Mm, no, 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 friend. It's not, not that way. It's this way. Right. Um, Right. And, and, that's the spiritual lesson. I think if people will, will open their eyes mm. a little bit, that they will realize that there are these little nuggets that are just, God just keeps dropping out there for you. Yeah. Well, I've learned some some spiritual lessons from my pet experience as well. Sailor. Yeah. So we have who a cat. Who is adorable. Who is adorable. Who has its own Instagram. Yeah. We did create an Instagram for Sailor because we were posting so many pictures of the cat when we first got it that it was like, all right, he just needs his own Instagram because he's so cute. So yes. you can follow the Sailor cat, Sailor Peters Brooks, <laughs> on Instagram. But one of the things about Sailor, so we adopted him as well. And we adopted him from a friend who adopted him and turns out her family's allergic to cats and she's just not a cat person. So wanted to give it to a good home. I'd owned cats my whole life, um, but they'd always been indoor outdoor and sailor does not have front claws, which um, was not, you know, I, I don't think that I'll, that I would ever declaw cat, but he came to us that way. Right. So he can't be outside cause he can't defend himself. Um, but Sailor was super sweet. He was really scared when he first got, um, came to us and he's really, he's small. Well, Sailor has a peeing and spraying problem where he, um, I, I also don't think that he can see well. I, I, he might be cross-eyed a little bit, but he does not anything like a, like the front of a fireplace Mm -hmm. or, um, 
like we if we have like a black trash bag someplace like he or a black trash can he'll he'll pee on it so it's very odd I don't know I don't know if he doesn't if it's because it's black and he doesn't I don't know fascinating so sailor with his spraying peeing problem um I was hosting some friends to stay with us and as I was getting an air mattress ready I found this place that he was had uh, peed upstairs that he that was supposed is to. the worst. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, here I go, cleaning it up. And I, I have this moment where I, I had this moment uh, actually before. Okay, so let me go back even a little bit farther because I'm, I'm getting ready, f- moving stuff around. And I had this bookshelf in our spare bedroom that I had put a bunch of like stacks of stuff when we moved in and I hadn't touched it since then. So, I mean, it had been more than seven or eight months since I touched the stuff, but it was like stacks of letters from high school that were kind of like the special sentimental Mm -hmm. ones that I had kept and, um, some pictures from college. Um, some, it was like this, uh, this thing that I wrote when I was in middle school about who I thought that I was, that my mom had given me. Oh, Laura, we're going to bring that up in another podcast. (laughs) But, um, but I, I'm moving it to put different things on the shelves and I find that it is soaked in cat pee. I mean, all of this stuff. And Are I you just, just losing your mind? I just burst into tears. <gasps> I just burst into tears because it was like, it was like, I was just so sad. Like these, the pictures were for sure ruined. Um, one of the things was a, a Camp Don Lee thing that I just, oh, it meant so much to me. And so I mean, I am just, I am just in tears. So first of all, Alex is mad. My husband is mad. He's helping me clean it up, but he's also like, why did you put this stuff on the shelf instead of sticking it in the closet? Which of course, like in the moment, like then I get mad, right? (laughs) Um, Our friend who was with us was like, she was, did not know what to do. Ended up baking me some cookies and writing me a sweet note because she'd never really seen me cry like that. Well, that's always the answer, but anyway. So... But I had this moment of like cleaning this stuff up that was like, I wonder if this is what God is like. Mm. I wonder if this is what what God is like when we just mess stuff up and we don't know. We just don't know any better. And it has to get cleaned up. We didn't know any better. So how do you punish, you know, when you, when yeah. you just don't know? And um, you've just got to make it better and you've got to adjust. And I think that... I've I've heard some other people talk about this too with like, all right, you're covered in crap. Come on out. Got to wash you off. Got to take care of you. Got to make it better. And here we go. We're moving forward. And I wonder, I wonder if that is, is kind of a reflection of how the creator, how we get treated by the creator. Like, I love you so much and I can't help but love you. I don't want to because I know that you're going to mess things up. I know that you're not going to be perfect, but I can't help it. I just mm-hmm. think that you're so great. And yet still, you're not perfect. We're not perfect. We still mess things up and get ourselves into messes that we, the hardest has got to be when we don't even mean to, right. or that, that just wasn't the intention and it still gets messed up. And so this, this grace thing of like the grace that goes before us, the grace that is with us that like, it's not going to be perfect. We're, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have to clean up some messes. Um, I just think that that's so profound. Um, I, I love it too when Sailor, my cat that 
can't go outside because he can't protect himself, wants to go outside so bad. And it's like... Always want what you can't have. Right. And this idea of like, I could let you out there and you could just get shredded, but I love you so much that I'm not going to... I'm not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think about that for myself. I am I'm pretty like fiercely independent in a lot of ways. Yeah. And how I, I also wonder if um, there are some situations in my life that I was probably like, let me at them. Let me at them. Just let me, let me, let me do it. Let me go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And whether it was God or whether it was the situation or whatever, where it just didn't happen, where it was like, that would be too painful. That would be... Um, this is, this is, this is what, what has to happen. Um, that doesn't work for all situations. Again, I think about friends that have had kids with cancer, right? And it's like, what, what crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. I, yeah. So, okay. So we've, we've mentioned Richard Rohr before on the podcast, but he, so he does these daily devotionals that he sends out and he sent out one in the last couple of months that was called suffering love. Mm. And these situations feel very much like that. And I, I think if also if you have someone in your family with terminal illness, this might this might be also relatable. But basically that God is the essence of suffering love. Mm. That that's who God is. And that's why God isn't separate from the suffering. Right. That God is with the suffering, right. with you in the suffering. Um so when we suffer, God suffers too. Yeah. Um which I think, I think obviously, you know, for kids, when your kid suffers, you're suffering too. Right. And, and even for pets, when your pet is suffering yeah. and, and you want to make it better, you, but you're just with them in that. Right. So spiritual lessons. Spiritual, spiritual lessons. lessons. from pets. From pets. All right. I have to tell you another spiritual lesson that I've, been, that I've learned recently. Yes. So about a week ago, yeah, mm-hmm. a week ago. Yep. I decided to cook dinner and do a fancy <laughs> a fancy thing where you you sear the chicken on both sides and you pop it in the oven. Yeah? Very fancy. Very fancy. So I'm doing my thing. I've I've got dinner all 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 happening. But did you get the sear? I did. I got okay. the sear. Right. Got the sear on the chicken. Perfect. Flipped it over. The listeners it. want to visualize this. Right. Right. T- lots of garlic, chopped up onions, olive oil. Stop it. Um, salt and pepper and some other spices, seared the chicken in the mixture, pop it in the oven. It's got to cook for 20 minutes, pull it out, test it. And I'm like, wow, this is really juicy chicken. This is going to be awesome. So good. And then I pull all the chicken out onto my plate to let the meat rest, which was a new concept for me. But then, I know, uh, how many cooking shows have I watched about the meat resting? Give me a break. But um, I didn't know chicken had to rest. Yes, girl. I thought that was Laura. I just thought it was red meat. Oh, my gosh. Well, apparently lots – maybe it is, and I'm – some cooking person tweet at us. (laughs) We don't have a Twitter, but – let us Somebody know. DM us on Instagram yeah. at Boyd and Brooks yeah. and let us know if chicken actually needs to rest. If it needs to rest. Okay. Because for us, it's been great because if you cut it open, it feels like all the moisture escapes so right true. then. But anyway, so I, I let it, hate when that happens. I hate when that <laughs> Okay. Back to my story. So I'm uh, – chicken's on the plate. I've got to go. I want to make some um, roasted vegetables in the same pan with the chicken. Because you want the juices and the flavor, right? Right. right? Okay. For the stuff. Well, for some reason, I go to grab the handle of my pan without a hot hand on it. 
and I almost get it all the way off the stove before it like hits me that this is blazing hot. This has been in the oven at four, more than 400 degrees. And I like, you know, let it go really fast. And I look at my hand, I'm traded first aid for, for however many years. So I know I'm running under cool water. So I turn on the water, run it under it, and it hurts so bad. End up having to keep it in cool water for like hours. I end up going to bed with my hand wrapped in a glove holding onto an ice pack, like one of those lunch like ice packs as I go to sleep. Oh, you did have night. a glove on though. Yeah. Okay. Because you can't put it directly with that. Well, ice. I'm just saying, I know that's from direct experience in getting a burn oh, yeah? from the ice pack. Oh, okay. Right. I have a nice little scar for that. Anyway, nice. don't do that, friends. Okay. Don't do that. But I do, I have on a, a like, glove and I go to bed with holding onto this ice pack around my around my hand and um the next day it hurts and I have blisters and really Mm. even a week later you can still see on my hand um some of the blisters and I can feel it like that skin Mm. is really tight Mm -hmm. so I did have some blisters um and it and it did hurt for like four days straight I mean Mm. it really was like this hurts really bad and this, this burn story, though, really, even just on my hand from a cooking thing, really gave me this new appreciation for what it means to be burned by someone or mm. by something. Mm-hmm. Because this happened probably at like 6 o'clock in the evening. And by 9 o'clock, I was like, I should be fine. Why is my hand, why does it still hurt so bad? Like in my head, I was like, I've run it under cold water for, you know, while I'm, I had it in a bowl of cold water while I'm laying on the couch being a you know patient (laughs) for and and I'm like why why isn't this better already this shouldn't you know a cut a scrape you put something on it put a bandage over it and you can move on well I can't do anything with this hand because it hurts so bad and so it really had me meditating on what isn't it interesting that we as humans that our skin cells can regenerate right like Skin cells are constantly dying and flaking off, and we're making new ones. That's why we can heal from these things. Also, thinking about forest fires, right? Like, it's kind of a, this natural part of how things happen, but that things can grow back after forest fires happen. Or that you will, like, in forest management, you will purposely right. burn a section of land in order to clear it. Right, right. And then so that something new can grow. Right. So... So this is kind of a part of a part of how we exist and mm-hmm. we're actually created to be able to heal from this, to mm-hmm. grow back, to grow from it. Not necessarily without any scars, right? Yes. But I guess I guess though that that it's a part of it, but it it takes time. Mm-hmm. And so this idea too that in in life, in the ways that we have relationships, in the ways that things can, that situations can burn us, about how I think a lot of times I'm I'm ready, like, okay, I want to push this to the side, I want to move forward, I want to cover it with a bandage, and let's move forward. And yet there's a lot of ways that you have to slow down and let it heal before you can really move forward, before you can use it again. And so that's that I feel like has been this spiritual lesson of um behind the idea of being burned and when a person burns you about 
how, all right, you're going to have to take a step away and really take some time to heal from that because it's just going to be really painful. Yeah. You're, you're hitting a little close to home. Yeah. Yeah. No, had, had a friend, I mean like the best of friends who just burned me so badly. Yeah. And for a long time after didn't have any close friends because it was like, you're so a hundred percent who you are with this person and right. vulnerable and they know all your secrets and, and all of that. And you do all the things together and then just to be hurt and to be burned by them right. is, is so painful. And right. to, and for me, it's many, 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 many years later yeah. and it still hurts. Right. Right. You can still, you can yeah. still see and feel that scar. Mm-hmm. Well, another, another spiritual lesson that I've been learning is um, from my rose bushes. So, um, at our house, we have these rose bushes that have gone a little nuts. I mean, uh, I've never really had rose bushes before, so I didn't understand about the pruning of the rose bushes. And for those of you that have rose bushes or have pruned anything, first of all, there's a really specific way that you should prune things and a time that you should prune them. Hmm. Number one, if you want them to grow back or if you don't, if you don't want this branch to grow back, um, you need to do it in a winter type time because if you're pruning things during growing season it's going to grow faster like you can prune it so that it'll you can cut it at a certain angle near some leaves so that it will grow stronger and grow back um and get rid of kind of the dead stuff okay somebody who's a gardener also needs to direct message us because i'm also confused because i was told with a hydrangea you cut in the winter you cut it back so that it will when it comes in the spring it will grow more right right and stronger right right? but but you probably have to cut it at a certain place you don't cut it down at the roots right right? whereas if you do cut something at the roots in the winter anyway there's all sorts of rules for all sorts of different plants that's another thing I've learned recently but so I go out it is you know almost summertime the rose I didn't do a good job of pruning the rose bushes have gone crazy but they're they're now like touching other bushes where it's like okay and they're they're dying so I go out there after a walk around the neighborhood with my running shorts and my cute tank top and my tennis shoes and I go out and I've got my pruning shears and my rubber gardening you're ready to go and I think I'm ready to go well think about rose bushes they have thorns and any person that has ever pruned rose bushes before is like oh you're wearing a tank top? Bold move. Ooh. Because I just get all these teeny tiny cuts in my arm from trying to reach in and prune the bushes at the right angle to pull the, the branches out that I've cut um, to get the, the dead flowers out, but also to help it grow. And it gives me this new perspective on what it means to, number one, prune back things in general, right? Right. That sometimes you've got to cut stuff out of your life. So that the rest of your life can be stronger. Yes. And so that you have time and space for things to grow. Right? Like if it's too full, sometimes everything is weak. Right? You've got to prune things back. Right. So first of all, new perspective on that of like, wow. Second thing is about when you, sometimes when you prune things, you need to protect yourself. Mm. Because you can just easily get cut. Yeah. Right. And so like buy something. Right. And I was really thinking about the idea too of, of when you have to set boundaries, which I think pruning sometimes could be the same boundary thing about when you have to maybe cut certain people out of your life. 
um, or prune back on friendships that aren't healthy mm-hmm. um, and how you really do need to go in there protected because it really can hurt you. And so um, that has given me this new perspective too on like, mm-hmm. You've got to be protected. You've got to be careful. Being intentional helps. Um, and so this idea of pruning the rose bushes has really made me think about, hmm, no wonder when I tried to have these conversations with this friend, did it hurt so bad for right. me too? Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe it, it felt like it stunted my growth, but instead it really was a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, too, it, it makes me think of, like, God as this gardener, right? Um, I did go and see The Shack, the movie. Mm-hmm. I read the book, and I love this image of the garden in the movie because it, when you're in the weeds, it just looks so chaotic. And then it has the shot where it pulls back, and you, you see a little bit more of the pattern and the beauty. And so I, I also love this idea of, like, God as this gardener, which is referenced um, – mm-hmm often really but that that there is kind of some purpose to how things have to work and that pruning them things can just go wild man don't we know about when something's happening and it seems good and then it just gets out of control and it monopolizes everything um and you're like whoa 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 need to prune this back need to cut um so that's another spiritual lesson i've been learning this i love it yeah i love it so, friends, what types of spiritual lessons is life teaching you? Yeah. What are the things that when you take a step back and think about it, do you realize, okay, yep, yep, this is a metaphor for some other things mm-hmm. in my life? Mm-hmm. Because I do think that the spiritual lessons can come from the things that we interact with every day. Every day, for sure. Have a good one. Until next time. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.